0: All growth depends on activity. There is no development physically or intellectually without effort, and effort means work. Calvin Coolidge. Hello and welcome to the Dominate Test Prep podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, host of the podcast and also founder of Dominate Test Prep. And in this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different and a little bit new, a new segment that I am calling Mailbag Mondays or maybe I should call it Monday Mailbag. I don't know. Which do you think sounds better? You can send me a message. We'll go with Mailbag Mondays for now. And actually, it's not technically new. If you have listened to the podcast before, you know that in a lot of the episodes, at the end of the episode, I do a mailbag segment where I answer questions from students or listeners or just people who reach out to me through social media. But what I have found is that those segments while valuable, tend to get buried. Not everybody listens literally all the way to the end of every episode, which I certainly encourage you to do because I always give you an action item as well. But just human nature, sometimes you don't make it all the way to the end or it's not really what you are listening to the episode for because you see the title of the show and you say, oh, that's a topic I want to learn more about. And so that's what you're listening for. And maybe you don't even know there's a mailbag segment at the end. The point is... They're valuable because you have questions, you ask very important things that are relevant to improving your score on test day or other aspects of the application process, and I want to make sure I answer those. And so what I've decided to do is just do standalone episodes where I answer your questions, hence from the mailbag, right, your mailbag questions. And so that's what we're going to do. You can go back and listen to earlier episodes and kind of fast forward to the end of those episodes if you missed out on any of the previous mailbag questions. Maybe I'll recycle a few of those because some of them were really good. But today, for the very first time, an episode entirely devoted to one listener's question, which we will go ahead and get to right now. Okay, so without further ado, the question we are going to tackle in this show comes from Isabella. Isabella sent me the following email. She said, quote, I would like to know if you have some tips on how to answer the questions in less time. Does that sound familiar? I bet a lot of you guys have this question. She continues, quote, I feel like when I am doing practice problems, I get more right answers because I have more time, but when I'm doing practice tests, I get anxious with the time and end up doing everything quickly and then with less attention and I get more wrong answers. Do you have any tips for me? So it's very common, Isabella. And yes, I have a lot of things to say about that. But specifically here, I want to share three things with you. And I'm actually going to focus more on the part of your question that has to do with answering questions faster. There's a whole separate component about the difference between practice versus practice tests, you know, why do sometimes you feel like practice you know, like the test day experience is different than maybe your practice sessions. That's a whole that's a whole different animal. Although there are components of what I'm going to talk about here that certainly address that. But what I want to do is I want to focus on what your question is asking with regard to how do you answer questions faster? And there are really three ways, three things that I want to touch on. The first is Simply getting better at the underlying content of your exam itself. And that makes sense, right? I mean, the better we are at something, the faster we are able to do it. Let me give you a quick analogy. My son, he's eight years old and he's learning to play the piano. I remember the first time he called me in to show me he was so proud because he could play Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, right? Just with one little finger, kind of like think about like a monkey tapping on a keyboard or something like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. All right, I'm not gonna sing it for you, but that's what he was doing and then sometimes he would get the wrong key And he was super slow, super methodical, and eventually, you know, five minutes later it seemed like, after several restarts, because every time he would get the wrong key he would go, no, 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 wait a second, I know how to do it, let me start again, blah, 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 blah. You know, finally he played Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Now fast forward even just a week, and he could play it so much faster. Why? Well, because he got better at playing the piano and he practiced it more. So practice is another component that we'll talk about here shortly. But now, months later, after he has had some lessons, and now he knows how to play other songs. He's just better at the piano. His fingers know how to move across the keyboard better. Uh, He's just better at playing the piano. Now, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star is so much easier for him because he is just better at the underlying content, in this case, playing the piano. So of course, he is going to do it faster. And the same thing applies for you on your standardized test if it takes you a long time to find the roots of a quadratic equation, once you get better at doing that, at what I call the reverse foil technique, so if you've taken my course, you know what technique I'm talking about, but however you solve quadratic equations, once you get better at doing that, you get faster at doing that, right? So how do you get better at the underlying content? Well, you may need to take a course like mine and get some books, watch some videos, get a tutor, do whatever you need to do to actually just get better at math and grammar and improve your vocabulary for the GRE and really all standardized tests read more so that you become a better reader, which will help you on reading comprehension. It's just putting in the time. It's just putting in the work. It's just get, getting better at the underlying content. Because again, the better you are, the better you understand what you're trying to do, the faster you will be able to do it inherently. You don't have to try. You can just Find the roots of a quadratic equation or the hypotenuse of a right triangle faster because you are simply better at math in that particular case. So that's one way to get faster. The second way is along those lines, and it is improving what I call pattern recognition. A big part of doing well on any standardized test is being able to quickly diagnose the type of question you're looking at and immediately know the best way of proceeding on that question. What's the best strategy? What what are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish on that question? You know, one of the things I see a lot with my students, especially early on, is that a lot of what takes them a while when they're solving questions is trying to figure out how to get started. So you end up spending 20 seconds, 30 seconds or longer even trying to get your mind around what the question is asking or how do I begin on this particular question? And so you need solutions for that. Somebody might need to teach you the best strategies. Again, that's where a course might come into play. But you know, you've heard me on this podcast talk to a lot about the non-standard or non-traditional math strategies I teach my students, for example. And in addition to making those types of questions easier, I think the biggest benefit of them is that they give students a starting point. You immediately recognize that this question that just popped up on your computer screen, or is on the sc- on the paper in front of you. Uh, fits a certain criteria, it meets all of the criteria for such and such a strategy. Well, boom, within about five seconds, you're able to see that, recognize that, and you immediately know how to get started. That obviously will speed up how quickly you're able to answer questions because you're spending less time figuring out how to get started. But then even within the question itself, think about what I talked about earlier with respect to content. When you are better at content, you'll naturally do it faster, but part of that is also as your pattern recognition improves. You see a question, you say, oh, this is a classic distance rate time question, opposite direction, so I immediately know how to set up this question. Or this is on the GMAT, for example, a critical reasoning question, it's a strength and weaken question, oh, boom. I recognize this as a causal argument, so I don't care what A is, I don't care what B is, I don't care really what the content, like the content's probably not the right word there, but I don't care what the argument itself is talking about. I know the structure of the argument. I know how all causal arguments are structured. I recognize that pattern. So regardless of the content, you know, discussed in the argument, it doesn't matter. I can plug and play and mix and match because I immediately know what the assumption is of all causal arguments. Again, pattern recognition. So then I immediately know how to strengthen or weaken that argument because I know what the assumption is and I know how to strengthen and weaken arguments. Pattern recognition. So again, that might require somebody teaching you different patterns and different question types. Practice will help with that certainly as well. The more questions you're exposed to, right, if you do literally hundreds of practice problems, the first time you see, or go back to my earlier example of a motion problem, right, a distance rate time problem, the first time you see that, you may struggle and take a little while to figure out how to do it. But by the time you see your third, your fourth, your 10th distance rate time question, the pattern recognition kicks in, you say, oh, this is that type of problem, I know how to do that type of problem because I just did it nine previous times, you are naturally going to be able to do it faster at that point as well. So it requires putting in the time, putting in the work, exposing yourself to enough different question types that you start to recognize the same types of questions over and over again. And finally, the third way to get faster at solving questions is to solve questions faster. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so you're probably sitting there thinking to yourself, Brett, you literally told me nothing with that statement. But I think I actually did. And let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. This was advice that was given to me, and it absolutely works, so stick with me here. And it's going to apply back to your standardized test. Uh, but I remember when I was training for a triathlon... I was really slow at the running portion of triathlons, right? And if you know triathlons, you swim first, then you bike, and then you run. And I was, I was great at swimming, decent at biking, but man, by the time I got to the run, I just wasn't doing very, very well. And I had a coach talk me through a few things, and he said, you know what? Do you know the best way to get faster at running? It's to run faster when you're practicing, and I said, wait, that makes no sense. And he went on to explain it. He said, and, and this is exactly what I was doing. He said, so often when we are practicing, especially, we fall into the trap of essentially just running at the same pace all the time. So when I would go out for my training sessions and it was time to go for a three-mile run or a five-mile run or whatever it was, I would settle into the same pace, you know, maybe eight-and-a-half-minute miles. And I would just settle into that pace and I would just, every time I went out to run, I ran at eight-and-a-half-minute-mile pace, right? Whether I was running two miles, whether I was running 10 miles, I pretty much just ran at the same pace all the time. And he said, well, of course, you're not going to get any faster just not running any faster than that. If you want to be able to run at an eight-minute-mile pace, you need to force yourself to run at 8-minute mile paces. Even if you can't sustain it for as long, you need to train yourself to actually run faster. So if you want to get faster at running, run faster, and eventually run at 7.5-minute mile paces. And maybe you just go to a track and you literally run sprints, even if you can only do it for 100 meters at a time, run as fast as you can. All right, back to your standardized test. Very often when we are practicing, we settle into Practice pace, right? You're doing practice problems and you solve them at practice pace. You realize that you have unlimited time and so you take unlimited time, right? And in the beginning, there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is over time, it trains you to operate that way. It trains you to think you have unlimited time. It trains you to feel like you need to double check your work and you need to go back and rewatch a video and you need to flip ahead and check the answer choices and like the answer explanations. And you fall into all of these bad habits during your practice and it's no wonder that you can't speed it up when all of a sudden the time is ticking down on a practice test or it's test day and you feel the pressure and the anxiety and the clock is ticking, but you haven't trained yourself to actually work faster. And so here's what, here's my recommendation on how to get over that hump. Yes, run faster. In this case, solve questions faster. But how do you do that? This is, this is important. In the beginning, when you are just learning the content, right? So go back to my point number one content time you're learning the content it may take you a while to learn the underlying content maybe you don't know how to find the roots of a quadratic equation so you need to learn how to actually do that maybe it does take you a long time the first couple times you try to do it on your own as you practice it you'll naturally get faster but but here's my point that's in the beginning but now you've learned the stuff And later on, several weeks after you've started preparing, several months certainly, as test day is getting closer, it is now time to force yourself to solve practice questions in a more timed environment. So set a stopwatch. You know, do blocks of problems. You heard me talk about this on an earlier episode of the podcast where don't worry about your time management on a per question basis, but resolve to do 20 questions, you know, or 10 questions in 20 minutes maybe, or 15 questions in 30 minutes if you have on average two minutes per question on your test. Figure out what your average time per question is and then do blocks of questions and just practice doing those blocks of questions Faster, force yourself to work faster, force yourself to cut your losses when necessary, right? Sometimes you won't know how to do a question and you need to practice literally, okay, saying, hey, How can I eliminate some eye-catcher wrong answers? How can I identify the throwaway answers? Let me improve my guessing odds. Okay, I have to make an educated guess on this question, and I have to move on. Like, I can't sit here and spend five minutes on this question. I need to move on to the next question after about two minutes, so let me force myself to practice doing that. But then even on questions I know how to do. Let me work just a little faster. Let me speed up my brain just a little bit more. And yes, you might be a little bit sloppy in the beginning. You might not have the endurance and stamina to do that in the beginning. But as you do it more, you will get better at it. You will make fewer careless errors. Your brain will learn to speed up. You will read faster. You will analyze arguments faster. You will be able to do the math faster. I think you get my point, right? So... That doesn't mean always. In the beginning, like I said, take as much time as you need to learn the underlying content. Content mastery is key. That was point number one. You will get faster as you master the content more. Same thing with pattern recognition. But eventually, put yourself in a situation where you have to work faster. Right? Remember that mantra: If you want to run faster, run faster. <laughs> if you want to do, pro- if you want to do problems on the GMAT, GRE, LSAT, SAT faster. Do them faster during your practice sessions, right? And so I think that will help you as well. So, Isabella, I hope you found this helpful for the rest of you who also have been struggling with working problems faster. I hope you found this helpful as well. And overall, I hope you guys have enjoyed the first ever Mailbag Monday segment. There will definitely be more to come. And if you have questions that you would like me to address on the podcast, please send me a message, send me an email, leave us a review. Love the five star reviews and go ahead and post comments below. But you can reach out to me, I'll leave my contact information in the show notes below. Find me on social media Dominate Test Prep, Dominate the GMAT, Dominate the GRE. We're all over Facebook and Instagram. Go to our websites, find us, ask us the questions, and happy to answer your questions on the next episodes uh, or the upcoming episodes of the Dominate Test Prep podcast. But in the meantime, go out and share it with your friends, study hard. You know where to find us if there's anything else we can do. Have a great week, everyone, and we will see you soon on the next episode of the Dominate Test Prep podcast. Take care, everyone.